How's it going, folks? It's your friend, Luke, the Feedback Relay, with another great episode of your favorite podcast, One to Review. I'm here with my buddy, Brandon. Say hello, buddy. Hey, I'm Brandon, and I am here. Alex is out working hard furthering the Pish Poo Initiative, but One to Review is a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. We give it a single point if we didn't like it. We give it two points if we did. We rate and review movies until we get to 20 points, then we call it a day. All right, kick the intro. Knock it off. One, two, I'm cranky, Brandon. Oh, Luke, I'm sorry to hear that. Why? Why are you so cranky? Well, Valentine's Day is coming up and I'm single, buddy. Well, it happens once a year. And unfortunately, this time of the year you happen to be single, man. It's okay. Is it okay? Well, we'll find out. With uh, This week, we're going to be giving you 20 tips on how to handle Valentine's Day if you're single. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. So we got tips for you. That's going to help a lot. I had no idea that was going to happen today. Before we do that, Luke, we have to review some movies. No. Yeah, let's, let's talk about some movies. Did you see any good ones this week? Well, I'll tell you what, Brandon. I saw a little movie called Marcia. 2017 film directed by Adam Natt and a little it got some attention at Sundance but this movie is about Marcia a woman who loves men she loves weddings and she loves being married that's why 10 years ago Marcia moved to Utah and took five husbands Mark Michael Rob Tim and Zeke Smith have all been with her from thick and thin until now when Paul comes along the five hubs aren't sure if his true intentions are true and how he'll fit into this one-of-a-kind family in this heartwarming movie. Brandon, do you have any first impressions on Marcia? I actually really enjoyed this film. A mainly, a mostly foreign film with only one or two actual American actors that I recognized. It felt familiar in a kind of nostalgic way that was heartwarming and insightful into kind of a reasons why I like other movies. Mm, mm, mm. That makes a lot of sense. And you said that this movie is mostly foreign, which is actually a pretty unique aspect of it. Um, you're right. It's mostly foreign. It's mostly in English. There are a lot of little Spanish crossovers. I think there are a lot of script writing problems that they sort of just powered through. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Spanish parts of this movie that where they just you know they just stop English dialogue and just start speaking in Spanish, which you know at first I sort of had a problem with just getting it, um, especially since they didn't really use subtitles. But you know what the the characters, their facial expressions, and just the physicality of their acting really makes you sort of ignore that it just helps you forget all that to be honest um this this movie is mostly foreign in other ways in that they did have the implementation of a lot of fun props a lot of i guess you would call foreign objects a lot of prop based humor absolutely yeah almost every character is either you know has like a cigarette is flinging around a pair of sunglasses is eating a carrot 
is playing with a. They definitely have an item or an object that uh, personifies them. Yeah, 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 yeah. For instance, Rob, it's his hammer. You know, he's he's always doing little hammer tricks, flipping his hammer. In one scene, where you know it's a real emotional scene between Marcia and Rob, he he's breaking the the tiny plates. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. you know the tiny little tea set plates that he that he bought for one of the daughter's birthday presents, and you know he's distraught, he's breaking. So there's there's a lot of interesting foreign object play in this mostly foreign movie. Marcia's own item being a balloon, which starts out inflated, gets inflated at the birthday party scene, you know, is floating, and then much like her character. The balloon then begins to lose its uh, helium properties and gravity takes hold. Yeah. Yeah. For a while there, they're jumping up at the ceiling trying to bring the balloon down, you know, because it's flying so high. There was the scare in that uh, in the foyer. I don't know what you call it in, in Walmart where there's like that entrance area. But, the, you know, pretty high ceilings almost gets away. But then, yeah, like you're saying, at, towards the middle and end of the movie, um, the balloon is sort of just floating limp. Now, the Foley work with that balloon is incredible. I haven't heard. I mean, we're all familiar with, like, the annoying squeaking and, and like, rubbing rubber sounds that balloons make. But this was just, this was almost like balloon ASMR. It was nice, yeah. I think technology has gotten to a point where they don't have to use like the same stock sound effects that we always hear. And they can actually record it. And it sounds great. We we haven't actually talked about Paul, the character himself, played by Paul Rudd. One of the only American actors in the film who gives his performance this joyous sense of childhood. That is almost like a 80s sense of naivete that is just uh, simple, but brilliant. I mean, that's a ruddy and naivete that that we that we're just familiar with. That's just like mashed potatoes, the sort of boyish Paul Rudd vibe, you know, that we get in a lot of his his classic rom coms. Um, Sure. But you typically get those potatoes with a steak, you know, but here we get it with some. couscous or something like it's it's different yeah i guess i guess the the stake that we're expecting is paul rudd's sort of masculine prowess on screen you know you want to feel loved by him but then you also want to feel like slightly sexually threatened which i didn't really feel that in marcia no it's he's definitely playing a softer edged uh approach to almost all the situations aloof is uh is a good way to put it i think and you know that's what it is and they end up accepting them into his family after all and they continue to go on happily yeah 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 um this story this story was definitely a lot of fun i i really appreciate um the what do you call it when somebody has a bunch of wives uh harem what yeah, I, I, I like the harem flipping aspect of this where it's a woman taking a lot of husbands. And you don't see that a lot in global culture. I think maybe the Amazonian uh, lore had something like that going on. But um, it's nice to see that brought into modern times. Well. And I I think women could go for it, man. Why not? If, if guys, 
if guys like to have multiple wives, I think women should have multiple husbands too. Get it. 100%. Go out there, get it. It's all out there if you want it. Might be a big pain in the ass. Yeah, I often feel that way when some of my friends have, uh, you know, multiple partners. It just sounds stressful to me, and I'm not interested in that. Anywho, are you ready to rate this movie, Luke? Marcia, you know, for all of its multi-international efforts and bringing in a, you know, big name like Paul Rudd, I know, I know he'll do the smaller artsy Sundance type projects here and there to, to stay fresh, I'm guessing. So um, it's great that he landed on this project and it's a, it's a family movie at the end of the day. It's about family. So um, I'm always for that. And I give it two points. It's always good to get a reminder that families can be foreign too, and you can love them just the same as you would love Paul. Rudd. Mostly foreign. Right. Mostly yeah. foreign. Uh, yeah. This movie is a two point movie. Go see it. Bring, bring some people you love. They will probably enjoy it too. Bring your husbands. Four points. That's four points for Marcia. Points. Directed by Adam Nat. Luke. <clears throat> what are we doing for a scorekeeper today? You've been keeping me in the dark about this. I told you in the intro. Remember, we're going to give you some tips on what to do when you're single on Valentine's Day. I know there's a lot of pressure, a lot of emotions. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty depressed about it. Uh, yeah. I feel pretty depressed about it. But here's the thing. When it's coming up, I don't really like to think about it until it's actually Valentine's Day. Because that's when it hits you the hardest. If you're thinking about it ahead of time, you're just torturing yourself before the actual sting bites. Right. So I'm just waiting for that sting to bite. Well, I'm going to give you a tip, and then what I want you to do is tell me something you've done in the past on Valentine's Day. You've been single in the past as well on a Valentine's Day? I mean, we all have, but... Of course. Okay. Of course I have. I'm going to give you this tip. First and foremost, you're going to want to look for a situation where you can be a third wheel. Try to find where your friends are going on their date. You know, maybe rummage through their text messages or casually overhear where the reservation is and what time. Be there you know act lonely become a third wheel they might adopt you as part of their couple you know you might be into that if you were another person brought in right 100 percent. okay um and here's i mean if you really want to pull this off here's what you do you start early day because a lot of couples i mean i know new couples will start their valentine's day with like breakfast in bed but most couples don't do that they get some stuff done they have some nighttime dinner type plans so you're gonna want to get in nice and early and just like i'm like you said be there you're there already you know it's really hard to turn somebody down if they're alone on valentine's day but here's the thing it's easy to boot them out ahead of time so what you got to do if you want to be that third wheel you lie about having something to do when they have something to do right mm -hmm. so then when that when so they're not worried about you being a third wheel but when the time comes around for you to leave uh-oh guess what date got canceled she got diarrhea so they'll feel inclined to make an offer. And of course, that's where you take them up. But here's the clincher. Have a gift. Have that bottle of wine. Have something to bring to the table to sort of ease the sting 
of the fact that you're going to be alongside their very special date. Exactly. What? Uh, give me an example of something you've done in the past, Luke. Um. Well, one one big thing I I've done a lot of times is I went to church. That's always something you can do, no matter what day it is. I think Valentine's Day falls on a Tuesday, maybe. But church is open on Tuesday. Go in. You know, you don't have God isn't expecting flowers or chocolate. Valentine's Day is Thursday, Brandon. Okay, well, Thursday church is open. Same difference. Right. And here's the thing: like, if you start, if you start hitting on people at church. It's always for the Lord. You can always say, you can always play coy and just say that you're doing the Lord's work or you're just trying to find out more about Jesus, you know, which you're being honest. Or Satan, maybe you go to Satan church. All kinds of different churches. Are you planning on doing that this year, Luke? Um, I've got some new age crystal churches that I want to check out. I've got this, um, you know, non-denominational churches were big in the 90s. I've got this church that really doesn't even have a name because it rejects the non-denominational. Like, it, it is even taking it further, saying that being a non-denominational church in itself is a denomination. So it just doesn't, the building doesn't even have any words on it at all. You just kind of go in there and... Super um, minimal. Right, exactly. It's sort of like a minimalist church. Not a whole lot of talking. There's really not any reading material. No chairs. Not really any places nothing. to sit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's nice. It's sort of just a cleansing experience. But they don't want to say that, you know. They want to sort of shy away from that language. Well, I want to check that out. But, you know, tell me about it uh, offline. Um, Luke, I'm going to tell you something else you could do. Yeah, you could get a pet. I know you have a dog, but you just heard my cat meow earlier, and you said you want a cat. Why don't you get a cat too, bud? I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. Um, you know, nothing fills that that void of sadness like a like an animal, you like know? a creature running around your house that you have to uh, care for, right? Right, exactly. Where the communication is veiled by uh, not understanding. And even Lee, even when the communication becomes clear that the pet no want, no longer wants to be a part of your living situation, the great thing is they don't have a choice. Um, and then for my second point, I... You know, I try, I've tried to do this, especially in my college years, to protest against Valentine's Day. The, the, commercial, the, the commercialization of emotion. Um, I go out there in a you know, busy street, um, say things like Cupid is stupid, um, the chocolates are mocking you, and really stick it to the man helps me vent some of my negative feelings and it spreads a positive message about um capitalizing on the human experience yeah big sugars and you know big huge companies like that they don't need your money big diamond big, come on we know diamonds are evil blood diamonds i've heard that term before i've seen the movie 
Oh boy. Well, so there you go. All my loners out there, there's four big points to help you through Valentine's Day. But stay tuned. We, we have more tips for you coming up. We're going to review some more movies. Uh, but before we do that, we have to hear a word from our sponsor. So take it away, sponsor. All rise for the upcoming day of Valentine. The sweet cream. Will you be mine? Lord Cream says yes. Make it so. And so shall it be for two with Lord Cream's patented double scoop ice cream scooper. Simply dip the Lord Cream double scoop in sugar water and then relish in the delight of creating a perfectly shaped double serving of your favorite frozen dessert. Works on sorbet, iced custards, and frozen puds too. Lord Cream gives you and your lover's frozen dessert a royal blessing this Valentine's Day for the low price of 18 quid and is available in Walmart and Dillon's. Order online with promo code review and receive a pack of Jester's sprinkles for no extra charge. Brandon! You're going to be ordering that Lord Cream double scoop, buddy? That is actually a good idea. Do you know how much time I waste on those single scoops? Like, doubling up the single scoop? It's crazy. I know, and then somebody always gets the bigger scoop, am I right? It's not me, am I right? Yeah, so you feel left out, or if you get the bigger scoop, it starts a fight. Awkward, right? I don't want to start a fight. These scoops are guaranteed to be uniform, and I'm not paid to say that. You know what they don't don't say in the ad either is it's really special when you use the double scoop with you and your lover's hand at the same time. That's romantic. You can you can intertwine your fingers and hold the double scoop as you scoop away on a nice tub of ice cream. Fun fact, you don't actually have to use it vertical. You could put things in horizontal, so you could just put two scoops, uh, you know, side by side, not necessarily stacked on top of each other. If you want to, you know, share one. I one hundred percent can't envision that geometry, but I I just love the idea. Let's talk about movies, Luke. All right. Well, you uh, Luke, did you see this movie? Which way? Hmm. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. All right. The next movie we saw was called uh, "Slow but Good," the Robert Mullen story. Uh, this was actually directed by Robert Mullen and came out in 2016. Uh, it's available on most streaming services, so you can check it out. Pause now if you want to go check it out and come back to us after you've watched it so you can stay on point with our review. All right, guys. Pause now. Okay, we're back. Hopefully you watched the movie. The film stars robert and here's the thing about robert it's always taken him a long time to do things he's kind of shy at first kind of nervous a little hesitant but he always gets things done uh so that's the main thing of this movie is he's slow but he is good uh he's thorough and he travels uh, halfway across the globe and this is that film luke what'd you think of it Everything about this movie reflects the intentional 
direct approach that one takes when taking the turtle's way, the turtle's path. Um, the pacing is slow, but it still moves along. It's still it's it's not a trudging pace, and it's um, it's kind of a shuffle. It's kind of a a skiffly shuffle across the the silver screen. Yeah, some movies really start with a bang. This movie doesn't do that. It almost I would hesitate to say it even reaches a bang, but it is like a constant uh, fuse burning almost. You know. Mm, like a right, wick. right, burning down. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, this this movie is it has some really big shocking moments, but but like I said, the way things get revealed when it's just like a consistent effort, it's not really a surprise. Like for instance. In the end of the movie, you see that Robert has lived a full life. He's raised, uh, I believe, seven kids. I mean, 11 if you count all the foster children and kids he's adopted. And he's turned his small village where he started, you know, through his efforts and through the community's efforts into an endless skyscraper. It sort of has that... Um, what's the Atlas movie that didn't that was very long? Uh, yeah, Atlas Rising, Atlas, yeah, Shark. Atlas, Atlas Rising, Atlas. yeah, three, Atlas three. Um, yeah, I did think it was interesting at the end of the film how it did almost become sort of like a fairy tale and some whimsy, and I think that's when you know Robert that kind of symbolizes him making this movie and telling a story of his own story. Like it's pretty, you know, autobiographical about him, I I believe, or a version of him. And then at the end, you know, you would assume it gets to a point where he's making this movie because it is about him. But instead, no, his story becomes fantastical, like, like a movie would almost, uh, with the endless skyscraper, uh, symbolizing his own journey, you know. Yeah, really beautifully shot, beautiful CGI. Uh, you know, they they really created this ma- this really magnificent, larger than life world for Robert as he, you know, evolves as his person. Um, there are some problems with the filmmaking, though, that I will that I'd like to point out. Um. You know, Robert Mullen is played by Ben Stiller, and he does an excellent job. He's very smooth. But, you know, his counterpart, Jennifer Aniston, plays this sort of love interest that, you know, dips in and comes in and out of his life. And she's she sort of has a she's sort of on a higher wavelength, I'd say, as an actor. So I think for a lot of these scenes, it seems like they just literally slowed down her part, just slowed it down to, I don't know, 78 speed um, through some of her acting parts. And it's just sort of distracting. It did seem a little slow. I think they had to do that just to keep the general pacing of 
Robert, he is such a deliberate guy with every sentence, you know, it takes him a minute or so to, you know, construct the sentence before he says it. Uh, or Jennifer Addison, you know, she's off the cuff. But I could see how a movie of them, you know, talking together with the, such a drastic contrast of their cadences, it would be a little shocking. So what they did, yeah, they slowed down her voice to match his kind of pacing. She's off the cuff. Someone say she's even squirrely. She has sort of a, you know, like a fun squirrel. Well, here's the thing. If someone tells you, hey, we're going to fix it in post, you can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, you know? I'm not sure that it actually got fixed. That That's problematic for me. Um, Another problematic scene for me was like the hour that they spent of him going to college. Like, yeah, we get it. College was a big goal. It's a big goal for everybody. Yeah, we get it. You went to an Ivy League school, but we don't need to see you like actually going to some of these classes and sitting there and actually learning. Yeah. I mean, in some of those scenes, even the professor's looking at the clock. Waiting. Yeah. Mm. It's like, okay, we get it. College was kind of boring, but you did it. Congratulations. Um, They brought in some other A-listers. They brought in one of these up-and-coming actors who, you know, I know that the way product placement is shifting and really, you know, it's sort of expected, but there's this actor, Michelob Ultra. He started doing stand-up in L.A., but but now he's, like, kind of blowing up, and it's weird that, is he sponsored, or is that, like, a joke itself? It's his birth name. His parents named him that. They were sponsored by Michelob um, to name their child Michelob Ultra. He's He's a pretty chill dude. He's good. He's so chill, and the thing is, he's he can do whatever he wants in life because his name is a Michelob ultra sponsorship. So no matter what he does, he's still going to be raking in that big Michelob money. Good on him. Anything else about this movie you want to say before we rate it? Uh, The length was, they could have trimmed it down a little bit, you know, kept the director's cut for the real diehard fans I think three and a half hours was a long time to spend in theaters and the slow pacing doesn't really help you. doesn't really distract you from that running. Also there's being no Um, music was also kind of hard to tolerate. Generally music will kind of keep pace and keep your, your toes tapping to pass the time. But yeah, no, Robert was not a fan of music. So there's no music in this movie. I mean, there's sort of a tonal quality to the wind, to the sound of rustling leaves, to the sound of a tumbleweed crossing the street. But I missed it. I missed Uh, having some music. There's sort of a musical... Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. There could have been more of an orchestral accompaniment to this film. Um, All in all, this this movie is a bit of a snoozer. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't really make the cut for me. I'm going to have to give... Slow but good, one point. In agreeance with you there, Luke, uh, I I kind of want to give this movie two points, but I think it's too indulgent, and I don't want to reward that behavior. So one point. Yeah, two points, but I'm just not getting there fast enough. So by the time I'm rating it, I'm still stuck at one point. Uno pointes for... Slow but good! Dos pointes. Total. 
<coughs> pardon me, pardon me, ladies, for coughing on the microphone, but I want to tell you how I'm going to spend my single Valentine's Day. I'm going to call up my ex. Oh, no better day to call your ex than on Valentine's Day. They they know what you're They're doing. They're probably thinking of you. They know. I mean, <laughs> if anything, once they see your phone number, once they see that, that do not answer come up on their cell phone, they're going to be thinking of you. Um, and a lot of times I like to keep it lighthearted and fun. Like, remember how bad of a relationship we had. Remember those fights. Remember the good times. You know, hey, you want to, you know, just sort of laugh and be like, do you want to sleep with me today just as a joke sort of thing? Um, offer them you know a chance to get back into a relationship just sort of this little fun has that ever worked out uh you know it it always makes for a great story um but calling your ex it's um i mean here's the thing like you're already wallowing in your own self-pity why not just double dip why not get on to that lord cream double dip of pain and rekindle that that old flame no doubt. That sounds good. Uh, I'm going to call my ex. Yeah. Oh, hey, get on speakerphone with your wife and oh, do it. Oh, that's great. Let's increase the awkwardness. <laughs> uh, Luke, what can I tell you to do that would be beneficial? Uh, ha- well, I don't Luke? know, Brandon. You've always had someone locked down. So, I mean, what... That one year you spent alone on Valentine's Day, what was that like? I'll tell you what I did. I made a vision board. You ever consider making a vision board? You can like cut out some stuff from magazines that you like. You can put it on some cardboard and then put a poster board, I mean, and put it up in your room. And you see it every day. And then it's kind of like a secret, but that manifests it in real life. My question is, what happens when somebody looks at your vision board? Well, nothing if they just casually look at it. If they were to see it every day like you do, they might manifest it themselves. But I think you have to have the intention of wanting it. So, What if they... Here's my other thing. Like, Let's say you're sitting in, in that room with your vision board. Your buddy comes in. They're like, oh, cool vision board. And they sort of start you know, either making fun of you or asking a lot of questions about it. What do you do? What do you do about that kind of thing? I just wouldn't have friends. I think when you get friends, you get all kinds of problems. Yeah. For me, I just keep it locked down on solo mode. I mean, once you invite other people, then you got to figure out what their emotions are and how they're feeling. That's tough. That's well, tough. Well, okay. Oh, brain, brain, brainstorm here. You put on your vision board a picture. You you put on your vision board a depiction of your friend, um, like yelling at your vision board and them. I don't know, being bit by a bee or something, or something like you know them being hit by some mud. Or alternate take on that, you put them up there, you know, photoshopped with their arm around a beautiful woman or a hot hunk, somebody that they're into. And then what happens is you could say, oh, dude, you're on there, too. Look how sick your dreams are going to be. Like you give them a little. They can't say. Yeah, you give them a little piece of the pie and then they can't say anything. Right. No, I like that. I like that approach. 
There's room for everybody. Keep your enemies close. And your frenemies closest. Yeah. Well, I think those are some good tips. Um, should we hear it from a sponsor? Yeah, let's roll that sponsor. All right. Uh, bring her down. Bring her on down. All rise for your honor. Heavy cream court is in session. Here in my court, I am the law. And what I say goes. And when I want heavy cream yogurt, I want it now. And I want it fresh. And I want it 100% organic. That's why I always stock my mini fridge with Courtgert. Heavy cream's not only my name, it's my passion. Objection! Overruled. Now in diet flavor. Um, Courtgert sounds. We're just happy to have Courtgert as a sponsor. That's one of the longest running, like, syndicated courtroom shows on syndication is you know court show you know they help a lot of people on that show resolve their civil disputes and i know that they sell a lot of court i'm i'm really kind of shocked that they chose our podcast to listen to launch their new diet gert <laughs> it's kind of hard to say i love heavy cream as a character i honestly believes he makes the right choices when making his ruling so yeah it is an honor and a privilege to even be associated with heavy cream in that whole universe so uh shout out and yeah i'm definitely gonna try the dry it flavor soon order in the girt all right 12 uh 2015 yeah we saw another movie right luke you see this one uh, i sure did brandon tell me about it we saw well we saw tweevil uh, we sort of dug deep for this one. This is a fully foreign film directed by Romanian guy number 13. It's called Tweevil. And this horror flick tells the Romanian fable of Tweevil, the evil witch with the power to give tents, camping tents, a mind of their own. Um, the Ijos and Ihat brothers and sisters start in this movie. And... I don't know. Brandon, what were your first impressions on Tweedle? I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it sounded like a joke. And then it turns out it's kind of like a uh, urban legend kind of, uh, you know, thing about... It's an old story. An old story, right. Passed down generations through generations. You know, when we were growing up, it was La Arona. You know, right. it starts as like a way for parents to warn their kids about dangerous situations, you know. With La Llorona, it's don't go near the river, especially at night, because there's a witch, but it's also just dangerous, so you don't want to be doing that. In the case of Tweevil and in Romania, they don't want people in tents in, during the midday because the sun gets so hot there, and if you're inside the tent, you could actually pass out and you know sometimes not wake up. Yeah, I mean, the Romanian people, um, highly nomadic, uh, I guess the word gypsy is no longer politically correct, but you know, in Romania, that's what they were. They were nomadic people that made their money through trade and living off the land. And so tent life was a big part of life. Uh, I think really at the core of this urban legend was being lazy. 
you don't want to be inside your tent in the daytime because you're not doing anything in there. There's not a, the whole world is not inside your tent. You know, unless you're doing some kind of lanyard craft or bead craft, tent's perfectly acceptable. But other than that, you need to be out and about making money and um, providing for your family. But this movie really takes that urban legend and adds quite a bit to it, especially with uh, the introduction of the evil Tweevil witch who can turn your camping tent into a sentient monster, essentially, that does all kinds of messed up shit. Yeah, some pretty heinous deaths in this movie. Uh, It starts off, you know, by kind of sucking out your energy, like an energy vampire sort of vibe as a midday nap would do in a tent, in a hot tent. Uh, And then they kind of, the person wakes from their slumber, but they're a little out of it, almost concussed, uh, but they are truly just a puppet of the tent and the witch. Of course, then uh, they usually lure other people into the tent, and if they're unsuccessful, they meet their demise. There's some great death scenes, like you mentioned. In one of the trailers, you see... Uh, a young lady it's not a death scene because I don't know if they they can actually do that in Romania trailers but um, she's trying to escape the tent and the tent zips up her fingers in the zipper and cuts them off that's exciting that's exciting for for me one of the scariest ones is one where they could not find the zipper to get out of the tent you know once in there they wake up and they go out they try to get out of the tent and they realize there's no zipper there's no way out of that tent that is some serious like material it's gonna keep bears out it's gonna keep you inside that is a terrifying scene especially since the campers just get abandoned there they go on this camping trip with a few of their other friends and they their friends just say oh well I guess uh, they're gonna hang out and stay and they just leave them there, and they end up cooking to death inside their own tent. The tent witch is pleased yet again. I thought it was interesting. It's almost like an anthology tale, just these you know kids sitting around a campfire retelling these versions of the same story. Uh, I learned my lesson. Luke, did you learn le- your lesson? Is there anything else you want to say about this movie from Romania? Uh, to be, to be honest, I was a little creeped out by this. I was a little creeped out by this movie. I moved my tent from the closet into the garage and I did double check the zippers on it. So, I mean, I'm just that kind of guy. I get paranoid and really there's no way for me to go back to bed until I've done the thing, the little OCD thing or whatever um, that's that's bothering me. Luke, what do you want to give this movie uh, numerical point wise? Uh, Tweevil gets one point. It was it was a, a, a strong effort, and the movie had all the elements of a good horror flick. I think it just sort of lacked... Um, it, it didn't draw me in quite enough to get the, the two full points. You know, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that people don't like being tricked. Uh, I feel like I was tricked because I went into this movie... Uh, not knowing what I was going to get. And when I came out, I knew exactly what I got. So for me, that's a one-point movie. Yeah. Tweevil gets two points. Um, You know what? They did do a great job making this movie on a budget. 
I'd heard it only it only cost them like ninety thousand Romanian dollars to make this thing. So those rubles, Romanian rubles. So they they made it on a discount, and I hear that those tents were actually just the actors' tents, and everyone just took them back home when they were done. So that's cool. Kind of cool. Kind of cool, Luke. This is it. We're going to talk one last time about some things that you can do. Maybe we should have rated the movie a little bit higher so we could give you some more tips. But. Well, if Alex were here, I'm sure he'd give this movie two points. So we'll just say that we've got two regular points and then a sidecar Alex goes to. Okay, fair enough. Four points. Let's see. So we already made your vision board. We already talked about becoming a third wheel. You know what you could do? You could wash your hair, like, for real, though. I know you use that excuse all the time, like, hey, I'm washing my hair, I can't do this thing. I gotta condition my hair, the conditioner's in my hair, or whatever. You could actually do it this time. Just spend the whole day doing it. Yeah. Let's just say, start your Valentine's Day with a little good hair washing. I say that's a great way to revitalize and refresh your lonely Valentine's Day. Um, Here's one thing that I think a lot of people do, or at least they try to do. They go on an ironic date with a person they've had a crush on for a long time, and they want to prove it to themselves that they can still be friends and go out on Valentine's Day without it being this big romantic gesture. But, um, but all, I mean, ultimately, it always turns into... Someone being disappointed or sad or... Yeah, someone getting their heart broke, or maybe, you know, maybe it turns out into into sex. Okay, that's always an exciting thing to do. Let's give uh, one point each uh, in Alex's spirit. I'm gonna say, you know what, Alex actually taught me this tip. Uh, If you wait until after 1 p.m., you can actually buy all the candy and chocolate like half off. So go out after your lunch and buy some dessert. Treat yourself. You want a double tip on that? You take all that Valentine's Day candy and when Easter comes around, just put it in Easter eggs. Yeah, melt it down. I mean, you could even go as far as to melting it down. But I'm saying, if you just stick it in a plastic egg, no one's going to give a shit. Here, just brainstorming here, but it could be kind of cathartic to take a bunch of like heart-shaped chocolates and melt them down. Yeah, melt them down into like a sad clown face, and then just like a log of chocolate or like a a pan bottom of chocolate. Yeah, just one big sad chocolate. Um, I know Alex would do this. He would splurge on a sex doll. There's nothing like blowing a check on something that you have to keep hidden in your closet. And let me tell you, technology is fascinating nowadays. They got VR hookups. They got motorized devices. They got lubricant dispensers and all sorts of crazy angles and uh, things you would never dare to try on something that's alive. You got an extra wad of cash lying around? Blow your wad on a sex doll. It'll at least get you through a day. But the shame will last a lifetime. <laughs> well, what's up, Brandon? We got one more sponsor for uh, for the listeners here. Yeah, we're going to leave you with one more sponsor. Kind of a short week. Alex is out of town. Uh, we probably hit 20 points, I'd imagine, and we got close to it. Uh, let's hear it from that sponsor. 
Hey, everybody. This Valentine's Day, give your loved one a handmade chocolate-dipped barley from Charlie's Barley. Barley is a highly sought-after aphrodisiac and has been scientifically proven to boost nerve sensitivity in all the right places. Our barley candy is made from farm-fresh USDA barley, and every box of Charlie's Barley is made to order. Try our lusty 70% cacao dark chocolate, our smooth and creamy Swiss white coating, or our crowd favorite, milk. Charles Barley ships fast, and we guarantee it'll be so fresh that you could taste the barley fields in every bite. Use promo code 12BARLEY and get a free surprise sex object with every order over $29.99. Order now. All right, guys. And as always, thank you to our Patreon donors. Rab, your tops. I think you know how we feel, man. And uh, that's your mumbled shout out. Folks, if you want a mumbled shout out on one to review, all you have to do is donate a dollar. For a clearly spoken one, it's $2. It goes to help out the podcast, and we really appreciate it. Also, if you want your movies reviewed, anything that you've seen or are looking to see, go ahead and give us a call at one 347 0068 leave a message and we'll get those movies reviewed for you and we love to hear your messages and what's going on in your mind um next week brandon we're going to be reviewing a few movies six o'clock rifle my cat the wife because i said so veer the left pilch and another from the doe series thanks again for listening guys and we'll see some of you on the flip side yeah thanks we really appreciate uh your time Bye. Thank you. <laughs>